and welcome to the 106th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, think about, dream about, uh, amongst other things, video <laughs> games, video games, video games. Um, and tonight, for our 106th episode, in addition to our our normal bevy <laughs> of brilliant women, <laughs> we are joined by special guest, uh, a special guest that we are really excited about, uh, Ashley Birch. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Yay. Thanks for having me. We love, we love having you. We were really excited. We've been, like, chatting about it all day. Nice that's very sweet. Uh, not just all day. No, not just <laughs> all day. <laughs> I didn't want to sound like stalkerish or anything. <laughs> Look, I will. It's fine. I, I will always throw myself on the sword for the team. <laughs> it's all good. So, um, Ashley, what we usually do is we start with uh, our fun. Our fun stuff was what you what you playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking, mm -hmm. um, and we're gonna try not to say that famous buzz phrase um, oh, when damn, we ask you what you're playing. Do it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Who wants to do it? I get to do it. My show, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you know, well, yeah, it's my show. I get to do. It. All right. <laughs> so we'll start with you, Ash, because it was okay to call you Ash. You prefer Ash yeah. or Ashley? Oh, I don't care. Whatever okay. you prefer. Um, we have another Ashley, so it's going to be real confusing for a while. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, we got two Ashley. <laughs> um, so we'll start with you, and we have to ask, hey, Ash, what you playing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually playing uh, A Link Between Worlds. I haven't played it yet. So I'm playing it for the first time right now. Cool, oh, fun. Yeah. How it's far in are you? Not very. I just I just got the ability to merge into walls. Okay. Uh, and pick up small rocks. So as far as I am, I'm not very far. Um, but it's pretty fun. I mean, I I have a complicated relationship with with Zelda. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's refreshing. Like the top down. It's not. It doesn't feel completely open world. It doesn't feel like SNES style Zelda. It's like a it's closer to that, but um, but it's refreshing. I like I like the change of pace from the Skyward Swords. Um, it's good. Yeah. Cool. Um, then we'll go in, in order of the show notes, and I'll go next and tell you what I've been playing. Um, I've been traveling. Um, since we did the Games Learning and Society conference last week, um, so I had to play what was you know, portable for the most part. And this is like, usually I'm horrible and when I go to games conferences, especially if I take my kid, I'll pack a console. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's like I pack a console so I can play something at night. But I didn't this time because my mother went with, uh, my mother went with and then she would have been like, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, go to bed. <laughs> um, because I needed, so, I needed someone to help like watch my kid. Um, but I've been playing Super Mario Brothers 2. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'm kind of addicted to Alpha Bear on my phone. Mm. It's a um, <laughs> it's a kind of you know here make words game. Um, it was the same folks Spry Fox who made that last little bear game, and then they they made another um, oh 
oh, they made another game on the console. It was a small indie game, and I cannot remember the name of it. I want to say something about a forest. Um, and I'll, it'll, I'll come back and tell you what it was later so that I don't make people wait because I'm going to look it up. <laughs> but um, I've had a light week, so that's all I've been playing. All right, Charlotte, you're up next. Actually, I haven't played anything since last week, which is sad. Um, I actually haven't even built Legos because... Burn the witch. I am, <laughs> I am moving, so I'm in the process of deassembling my Legos, which is, like, sad. Because you have, like, a whole Lego room. Yeah, so it's taking quite some time, and I can't move them because I'm afraid that I won't know how to... It'll be harder to just try to figure out what broke than just to put them back together. Oh, I right. played plenty, so... Okay, well then you I go. got your back. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I wanted to hear about so, your Lego. Yeah. But if you want me to go, you know, I got it. Well, Charlotte, and because I skipped intros, will we go back and do intros? Because, like I said, I was a little excited. <laughs> not fangirling I was at something, all. And then I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not fangirling at all. It. So okay. should I introduce myself then? Is that what you're saying? No, we'll go back and do intros in a minute after we finish okay. what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll backtrack. Okay. I'm done. I, I played nothing. I suck. So we like you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ashley? What you playing? The other Ashley. Ashley with an E. Um, I have been playing Torin, which is a fantastic uh, little indie game. It's about two hours long. It's from a uh, little Brazilian independent company. Freaking gorgeous game. Reminds me a lot of like Ico, Shadow of the Classes. It reminds me a lot of um. Uh, Neverending Story as well. Yeah, the character's oh. name is even Moonchild, and I was like, yes. Um, really good stuff. I'm still playing Monument Valley on my um, iPhone because I'm obsessed, and I just it just helps calm me like no other game. Um, and I started playing The Path, Sam, which is a weird-ass fever dream of a game. I told you that. Um, it is weird. <laughs> I don't understand what the hell is going on. I just wander around encounter random things. I'm really not very observant either, so I just I just walk and don't encounter things for a long time. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Okay, so I got one question. How the hell are you playing Torn? Because it's beautiful and the music is awesome, but that is one broken-ass game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really... I mean, mechanically, patient. it's broken. It is, and I'm more patient than you. Oh, well. Um, you would have, have no patience. No. Yeah, mm. it, I just, I think the soundtrack is so gorgeous, and, like, it gave me that experience, um, you know, it was a similar experience to what Ico and Shadow of the Colossus gave me, mm -hmm. which was a very unique, surrealistic world, like, it was just, it's just totally, um, I haven't played a game that gave me that experience in a while, and mm -hmm. when I played it, I was like, oh my goodness, I love it, I love when she goes into the dream world, and the art is just beautiful, um, and also female protagonist, which is really cool, um, and um, I did fall. I do fall off the ledge a lot. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I had a really hard time with the last battle. Um, but I, I make do. I don't know. It's not the worst um, game I've played in terms of bad mechanics. <laughs> so, you know, it's not good mechanics. But um, <laughs> I, I tolerate it because um, it's just it's so beautiful elsewhere with the story and the the girl protagonist and the soundtrack and the art. Um, there's so many things that are really working well for me. And um, if they can get the mechanics going, getting better, then I think they're gonna make some great That's games. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for them to patch it. 
discover yeah. that. I, I'm, I'm probably only about half an hour or 45 minutes away from the end. But, yeah, I couldn't even tolerate that much more of it. So she, I was like, I'm going to wait and see if they patch it and see what happens. The adult version of her reminds me of Princess Mononoke. She has that mm. look about her with, like, the face paint and the... Um, I don't know. It looks like she's wearing a headdress, but I actually think it's just her hair, maybe? Yeah. yeah um, I think it's just her hair. But... Very cool. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Even though the mechanics stunk, but I powered through because it's pretty. <laughs> so. Alright. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think I'm with you, Sam. I, I'm, I, I'm too old, maybe, to uh, suffer games that are not so good. And y'all, y'all heard my epic ranting about Dying Light, which I will not go back into again, ever. <laughs> um... Yeah, I just don't. I don't have. I'm not there for that. I played a lot this week, but I, I really didn't like most of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I finished Fallout Shelter. Like, then I'm done with it. I'm not entertained anymore. I'm bored now, so I'm like, whatever. Mm. I haven't deleted it from my phone yet, but I played a little bit more, and it just got very repetitive. So it's like, well, all right, cool. I'm finished. Uh, I played some uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which gives me some feelings. I'm pretty sure that I'm just going to have to be qualified as a hater forever. Uh, I played some Assassin's Creed Black Flag because it was free, which is the only way you will get me into an Assassin's Creed game. Mm -hmm. uh, again, hatred. Did play some Thomas Was Alone. That's good. That's a good game. Uh, and I played some Elder Scrolls Online again. And, you know, here's the thing about the Elder Scrolls Online. It's neat. It should be great. The storyline I was in was all about fighting racists. I'm like, I should be down with this, but I have no motivation in that game to accomplish anything. It's the most boring shit I've ever had <laughs> in my <Aww>. console. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it because yeah. it's pretty enough. The mechanics are fine. I'm just super bored with it. Yeah. So whatever. I don't think I'm going to be playing that one anymore. So that was my miserable parade of games I played <laughs> since we talked last. Obviously, you, you, right. sounded so, you sounded so much more optimistic when you know, I know she's like, I got plenty of games, I got you covered. Yeah, except like, I, I hate them all. <laughs> I just said I played. All right, so we're gonna go backwards now because <laughs> we skipped the part where Sam has like gathered her shit <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> and uh, do some introductions um, and say that once again uh, we're joined tonight by Ashley Birch. Um, who I think most of us, all of us, know from her hilariously funny um, web series. Hey Ash, what you playing? That was the joke about what you playing. Duh! If you me. <laughs> Good job, Sam. I know. I have one job. One job. And I feel miserably <laughs> at it. Um, and if we don't know her from uh, from Hop, then we definitely know her um, in some of from some of her other voice acting work. Um, uh, from Tiny Tina, uh, from Borderlands 2, uh, or uh, from Mrs. Pauling and Team Fortress 2, um, or uh, more recently um, from uh, Life is Strange as Chloe. And in my house, certainly Adventure Time. Yeah, nice. Adventure Time. I always forget Adventure Time because I don't watch it. Not my kids, we love Adventure Time too, but my kids love Adventure Time. Better yeah. Time's a great show. Yes, it's a great show. show. It is a great show. Uh, so yeah, we 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 don't. I mean, kids don't dress up a lot. They're not as into costumes as other kids, but they love to dress up as Adventure Time characters. That's awesome. 
Well, I think they yeah, have excellent mine, taste. Mine wears a costume like all day and all night of some sort. <laughs> we got big crates of costumes. And our kids actually went dressed as Finn and Fiona um, to Gen, Gen Con, Con a yeah. couple years ago. Oh, cute. Her son and my daughter, yeah. It was That's pretty sweet. They were precious. <laughs> <laughs> they were like the cutest kids there. We're not biased at all. Let's not get um, derailed, though, because we'll talk about our kids forever. Let's do what I we're know. here Let's to do. Let's do intros. We'll do intros for other people. So I'll go in order of my screen. Alicia, who are you? Oh, I am Alicia Carabinas. I am a lecturer at Purdue University, about to start a PhD in rhetoric and composition. I work for Sam, with Sam. I do all things Sam. And apparently I'm the resident hater. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> what about you, Ashley? With an E? With an E, okay. <laughs> I am Ashley Barry. I work um, at a publishing house during the day, and I'm a writer for this website at night. So that oh, is what yeah. I do. That sounds um, sexy when you put it like that. <laughs> yep, it is sexy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I love games. I like to rollerblade. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> there we go. Stuff. Stuff. I like to do stuff, so... And last but not least, Charlotte. Hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm a doctoral candidate at Purdue University. I sort of like games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with Legos, so I'm, I usually say I'm the, the resident Lego scholar, which is why I'm now de deconstructing all my Legos, because there's a lot to move. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, Legos. Okay, it, so since we've done what you're playing, is anybody reading anything interesting right about now? Um, Y'all's reading lists are way more interesting than mine right now. It's all design theory and rhetoric for my one of my side jobs, so oh, I'm boring. I would like to be reading something more exciting, but I'm not. Alas. Anyone else reading anything interesting? I'll, I'll go last. I'm reading Cannery Row by John Steinbeck. Mm. Right now? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I love Steinbeck. I have to make that 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 admission. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge Steinbeck fan. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to I'm just kind of trying to work my way through some of his stuff. So I just I started Cannery Row recently, so I'm not that far in it. But um, yeah, I'm a huge. So I won't tell you the end. Yeah, don't tell you me the end. You gotta take breaks for happy things though. After you gotta you gotta do some Steinbeck and then you gotta do yeah, some happy things. I'm really not. Back. I'm really not like pacing my reading well in that way. The last thing I read before this was The Bluest Eye, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Try not to bury is... yourself under blankets. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just alternating between Zelda and Cannery Row and just feeling happy and then, like, <laughs> I'm not. And then happy and then I'll never be happy again. Um, because I'm a masochist, apparently. <laughs> You're among friends here. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, speaking of masochists, Ashley, what are you reading? Thanks. <laughs> um, I am reading. So I, uh, I'm on a uh, a nerdy Lovecast. Uh, or actually, it's called Lovecast Lovecraft uh, podcast. So I am actually reading up a story, uh, Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, um, for the podcast this weekend. It's really fun. So um, learning about Cthulhu and all the wiggly faced gods that is in Lovecraft, so very interesting. It's, it's the first time I started reading Lovecraft stuff at 27 years old, so I feel really behind in the times, and he's it's very much the writings of a madman. 
in the best way. What about right on. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, what are you reading, darling? I was reading, I'm reading uh, Scottish fiction again because everybody I know is in Ireland right now. So, <laughs> everybody has been in Ireland this year. What's the deal? There, there's a conference in, right in, in Ireland right now, and I'm very nostalgic and upset a little bit that I'm not there. So <laughs> I'm reading um, Scottish fiction to make up for it. Mm -hmm. So y'all wouldn't know, but it's Peter May. He's really awesome if you are into that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You have a dissertation to finish. And <laughs> oh, I know. Also, I'm reading Foucault, so anyway. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> Discipline and punish. It even has a ruler on the uh, front of it, so I figured like, people come over, they're going to be like, what the hell are you reading? I've read excerpts. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, uh, that was like one of the first things I read when I was a freshman in college. And it like completely. I was like, college Wait. is really hard. Yeah, that was just mean. Yeah, it was really mean. <laughs> I was taking some fuck. I don't know. I was obviously taking like an anti-capitalist class. Um, yeah, but you need to write that that professor a strongly worded letter. <laughs> It's just a video of me crying is what I should really <laughs> I, I feel like I wouldn't have no, like, scribbled a hundred times. I don't think I would have made it my freshman year if they'd have presented me with um <laughs> No. I was an idiot that like actually like most people were just like, Meh, I, didn't, I didn't read it. And I was like, Really? I stayed up so late. <laughs> it's okay, you're a better person for it. Am I? <laughs> yes. We're going to say yes. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna ha I have to say yes because I'm writing my dissertation about it. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Um, well, I'm reading fun stuff right now. I'm uh, reading. Uh, no, not Foucault. <laughs> um, I actually like Foucault, but I'm not reading it right now. Um, I'm reading uh, Cinder by Marissa Myers. I want to read that so bad. We haven't been finished, so I can borrow it from you. Yeah, but you've been reading it forever, so like, what's up with that? Um, because I had to write a paper and go present a paper at a conference and do all this other stuff. In case you haven't noticed, I've been a little bit busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whatever. Like weeks. Oh, <laughs> um, shut up. <laughs> it's a pretty cool story, though. It's um, it's a, a, like a steampunk Cinderella where she's a She's a cyborg. Um, That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And there's like plagues and like people dying and cyborgs being sold into basically uh, this kind of slavery for for medical testing that everybody knows they're never going to come back from. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's a little dark. It's a little dark. We were talking about that, and I was like, yeah, it's a little dark for kids because it's a YA novel. Um, I wanted to read that. Oh, dang. So yeah, it's, it feels kind of like Steinbeck in many ways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can tell them about that shit eventually. <laughs> they may. Them, yeah. <clears throat> um, but it's a fun read so far, so that's what I'm reading. Um, and that covers everybody's reading, so here's one of the most important questions of the night. Mm -hmm. What are you drinking? Um and Ashley, you're guest, so you go first. We I don't think we warned you that we it's one of the requirements of the podcast that you drink. Um, oh, but shit. it's really early for her. I yeah, know it's six thirty for me. <laughs> I mean I, I'm going to drink wine later. <laughs> right now I'm drinking water out of an enormous witch witch cup. Uh, <laughs> 
but I will be drinking wine later. <laughs> but what kind? Um, it was a wrap gift, actually, um, for a production I was just on. It was very sweet. It's I think it's a, it's like the director's cut Coppola red wine. I actually don't know what style of wine it is, but um, oh, it's called director's cut. Oh, I like the sweet. Coppola wines okay. Yeah. I approve. Not that yeah. you needed my approval, but you have it. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, just like, mm, thanks. I was really like, I wonder, if, are they going to be upset if I'm drinking the wrong type of wine? I was thinking that. No, we don't care. They, I drink, <laughs> no. I drink wine. Usually I drink wine and sparkling water and they make fun of me and I don't care. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we make a lot I'm of not, fun I'm of not, not. I'm not tonight, though, but usually that's what happens. Ooh, in that case, we have to know what you're drinking, Charlotte. Well, it's not that exciting. It's it's summer shandy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I passed on the summer shandy because I figured you would be drinking the summer shandy tonight. I am. I am. What are you drinking then, Alicia? If you're not drinking a summer shandy, darling. Uh, I actually have a funny story about mine. We went last Sunday, my husband and I, to this local winery. We like to go. It's called Wildcat Creek. We like to go and, and buy stuff. But I I think the the girl working the counter was new. And we, we were buying several bottles, so she was like, oh, what's the occasion? And we were like, occasion? <laughs> uh, Sundays? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's like, oh, so you didn't want to drive to Illinois, because, you know, we have stupid blue laws here. And we were like, no, we just like wine. It's good. <laughs> we did not That's equip funny. ourselves well. But we did come away with several delicious bottles of wine, and tonight I'm drinking a Traminette, uh, which is delicious. Nice. Well, that sounds fancy. They need, to, they, need to retrain, really they need to retrain her to prepare for the alcoholics. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, we I, just I, we're we're wine people, okay? I'm we're not saying, alcoholics. I'm just saying. And also, <laughs> I love their Lafayette white because it tastes like grapes. I don't think I've had that one. I've had the Lafayette red, but not the white. The white is delicious if you like, uh, well, grape juice, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> that is like not a strong selling point. Very good. <laughs> It's really good. It's very refreshing. I'm just saying. What about you, E. Ashley? <laughs> I'm drinking um, super chill, sparkling water, key lime. It says it's crisp and refreshing, but it tastes a whole buttload like just sugar just sitting in my mouth. It's kind of what it tastes <laughs> like. It's kind of gross, but it's it's actually my boyfriend's. I didn't even get this, but I was like, I'm thirsty. I need something, so... I grabbed the green-looking bottle. What um, are boyfriends for if not for us to drink their beverages? <laughs> he made brownies earlier, and I took a bite and put one back because that's how I do. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty wrong. Oh, no. He'll eat the rest. It's fine. <laughs> he eats my fragments, so. Oh. What, what do you got, Sam? What's in that bottle? I you were drinking. Um, I brought back a... Uh, but to uh, but ton of uh, Wisconsin beer from the conference. I'll be nice. right over. I got. I am drinking right now a new Glarus Spotted Cow. See, I love that beer so uh, much. I love what style of beer is that? Uh, this one is a the new Glarus is a. It's not a. What is it? It's Wisconsin, yes. Yeah, no. She said, "What style?" It's a. Oh, it's a. It's not a Pilsner. No, and it's not wheat. Nope. It's I not lager. <laughs> but it's really, whatever <laughs> it is, it's really good. <laughs> it's, uh, no, let me I check my beer app on my phone. <laughs> but it's really good. It's, um, it's really good. It is, uh, it's malty, and I like malty. And, nice. And everybody will talk, talk about me terribly because I hate hoppy beer. 
Sam doesn't like any beer. I'm surprised she has two beers that she likes. Shut up. I drink beer all the time. I don't like hoppy beer, and hoppy Mm. beers, especially especially, uh, right now, the craft beers, hoppy beers are like all the rage. Um, The farmhouse ale. Yes, a farmhouse ale. Thank you. Um, I just looked it up on my phone. Um, and since I don't like it, it's really hard to, to drink craft beers right now because everybody puts like 14 buckets of hops in every, in every yeah. bottle of beer and it makes yeah. me want to punch somebody. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But this and then the, the Totally Naked was another one I brought a case home by the yeah, same was story. Good. I think that was their lager, right? Yeah, that's their lager. Yeah. I'll be it's over naked. tomorrow. I'm saying <laughs> if you got... I drank Michael's last potted cow last week, so uh, if you have some, I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) Impromptu party at Sam's house tomorrow, yay! I'm taking my kid to the movies tomorrow, won't be here. We will drink drink your beer. beer. All right, all right, everyone calm down. All right. We have things to do. We do have things to do. All right, so... Being finished with that, <clears throat> we can go through kind of quickly any news that we have this week. We have a couple of news items um, that, like two, that Alicia's <laughs> going to go through quickly. We do, very quickly. Share with us. Um, there's a sad one and a glad one, so we'll do the sad one first. Uh, and I think everybody knows probably what that is, and it's yeah. of course the, the passing of Satori Wada. Uh, the face of Nintendo alongside uh, Miyamoto for many of us, for most of our lives, uh, a whole new world without Iwata. So what are we going to do? What's going to happen next? Very sad. He was only 55. Yeah. Um, Sam wrote a beautiful post, beautiful piece on Not Your Mama's Gamer. Brought a little tear to my eye. Uh, but, you know, all for the, for the past several days, social media has been blowing up with tributes and memories and general sadness. So I raise my glass to mm. an era of Nintendo that has now passed. Me too. <laughs> so that's the sad news. Now the glad news, of course, is we are still working on our Kickstarter, Invisibility Blues, a critical video series examining race and racial re- racial representation in gaming. Doing really well. We're at 53% funding. We've got 22 days to go. So jump on that train with us. And we will. We promise to make it worth your while. And that's the news. <laughs> Except for one other tiny item relevant to our guest is that Life is Strange just won two Develop Awards. Yay! 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 That's so great. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. What did it win? Uh, yes, it was the it was the best new IP. Awesome. Um, of course, and narrative for narrative. That's great. Can you spend a lot of time discussing the narrative of Life is Strange? A lot of people made a video. Uh, we had a whole podcast dedicated to Life is Strange, in fact. Well yep. deserved. That's awesome. We are a uh, fan. So, yeah, congratulations uh, for being involved with such a great game. Yeah, I feel very honored. And I hope that we can talk about it more in tonight's interview. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell us when episode 4 is coming out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> tell us everything that's going to happen. Are you kidding? Uh, no, don't tell no. questions. That's the big one. <laughs> All right. Okay, feel free to message me on Twitter and tell me. Okay, forget them. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, we'll go ahead and 
jump in and start talking about some games. Let's talk about some games. Talk about some, uh, well, games, amongst other Stop. things, if that's okay with you, Ash. Yeah, of course. All right, so I'm going to ask the first question um, because I am a huge Hop fan. Um, it's, I mean, it's really bad because I go around, like, delivering one-liners from Hop, and um, and I have to say that the, um, oh, God, the the white male privilege episode was my absolute favorite. Oh, so thanks. I go around singing white male privilege. Okay, everybody's <laughs> heard me sing that like five million times. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. It's horrible. I'm a huge hot fan, so let me start by saying that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how hot started? Yeah, so um, Anthony and I were bored and lonely and sad, <laughs> and uh, we... Beginning of all good things. Beginning, Yeah, beginning of all good things, all creative endeavors. Um, and Anthony actually wanted to learn how to use a camera because he originally wanted to travel around the country and interview indie game developers. He actually wanted to make an indie game documentary um, originally, so he... Uh. Cool. He was using Hey Ash as kind of a way to learn how to use the camera so that, you know, he it was functional and he could understand how to use it before he went around and interviewed a bunch of people he respected a lot. Um, and so we ended up recording, I can't remember how many episodes, I think like three or four, and put them up on Destructoid, which Anthony was the features editor there um, for a spell. And people seemed to respond really well to them. And eventually we kind of transitioned in, over to game trailers um, and then Anthony never made the documentary because it actually became like the thing that we did. Um, so yeah, um, it kind of it's weird because it sort of jump started literally everything that we've been doing since. But it kind of just started with this this small goal that Anthony had of learning how to use a camera. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it, it started as a as a as a product born of boredom. Yeah. Um, and uh, so. Did you have any intention from the beginning for it to be as kind of analytical um, and and critical, not critical in a bad way, but critical of games and the games community as it as it is or was, is and or was and is still. <laughs> you know, not really. Um, it's interesting because I think I learned Anthony and I both learned a lot through doing Hey Ash. I think, actually, it's because of Hey Ash that we started becoming more... I mean, Anthony was a games reviewer before, but for me, at least. Um, I think writing Hey Ash um, was one of the things, in in addition to, like, the classes that I was taking at the time, um, is sort of what started developing an analytical voice for me um, mm-hmm. and is sort of the um, the impetus for more of the social, um, political stuff that I do, um, both inside and outside of Payash. Um, it just sort of happened organically. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, when did I become, like, when did I, when's the first time that I self-identified as a feminist? And I don't remember, but I know that it was during the run of Hayash, and I think a large uh, contributor to that was creating Hayash and, like, learning more about the industry. origin story ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I have to share this with you so that you won't think that all professors who teach any kind of theory are as horrible as that one who made you read Foucault as a freshman. 
I have actually used episodes of Hey Ash in game studies courses, especially the no with way. And especially in undergraduate courses, as an introduction to get them started thinking kind of theoretically about wow. games and the games community, and then I spring the heavy stuff on them, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. She's also used it in grad classes, though. I'm just. Saying. I have used it in grad classes. Don't want me, dang Charlotte. <laughs> no, that's, that's how I found out about it, though. Yeah. So. Wow. Jeez. Golly Spread gosh. I don't know what to say. <laughs> that's really neat. Really, the, the thing that you can take away from this is that Purdue is a great school, and everybody should come and hang out with us. <laughs> that's awesome. That's true. Purdue, Purdue um, gave me back my love of Legos. In fact, actually, Sam did that. Yeah, you can blame. She blames me for that. Yeah, well, I do blame you because it's expensive as hell. <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about Legos and feminism in a, a gender and technology class, and Charlotte was like, "Hey, Legos!" And then it was all over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a yeah. Hey Ash episodes did you show? If I can ask, I'm curious. Um, I've shown. God, I've shown a lot of them. Um, I, the 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 one. <laughs> this is horrible. Um, well, it's not horrible. Um, of course, I've shown the white male privilege one. Um, mm -hmm. I have shown Charlotte. You can also tell which ones I've shown in classes with you. I've yeah. shown the one uh, where it talks about representation of women, um, mm -hmm. where we we get to role switch. Mm. Um, let's see which other ones have I shown. A lot of them. Good God, I can't even tell you how many I've shown now. Cause it's it's horrible. Cause sometimes, especially if it's like a three-hour class, we'll start with we'll start with one, and I'm like, okay, let's watch this one. And then we gotta watch this one. So like an hour later, I'm like, okay, now let's talk about what we read for today. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's been it's been a blast. Awesome. I mean, you got four whole seasons of just kind of like. Because I mean, cause I'm horrible and I'm easily sidetracked. So once we start watching them and I'm laughing, I'm like, yeah, fuck that book. Let's read this. Let's watch this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And yet um, learning still happens. Just, you know, but yeah, learning way. does still happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, obviously, because we've got a couple of people that have actually written dissertations on game studies that they had to learn something or they wouldn't have been able to write a whole fucking book about it, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, so, Tell us, tell us, ask, what's next for Hop? So we just uh, launched our Patreon for season five, and Very it good. actually, uh, <laughs> and it's actually uh, started. We released an episode. Uh, we released, yeah, the, it was Gone Home. We released that last week, I think. Um, was the first one of season five, and it's just going to keep releasing bi-weekly for until we run out of episodes. Um, regardless of whether or not you contribute to the Patreon, they'll be free to view on YouTube. Um, awesome. Yeah. And we're every odd every week that there's not a Hey Ash episode, there will be a uh, podcast coming out. So there's Hey Ash stuff every week until season five is finished. So we're gonna just keep doing it, I guess. Um, <laughs> probably the same the same level that we have been. The Patreon's doing really well, which we're super grateful for. Thank you to everyone that has donated. Um, yeah, we're kind of just we're just we're still doing it. We just keep doing it. <laughs> And um, we will definitely put a link to the Patreon in the show notes. Thank you. Let me make a note. <laughs> I'm the show notes. That's your that's your gig tonight. Also, <laughs> so in, in, you know, if Sam ends up using uh, some of your season five stuff, uh, you know, we'll let you know. Yeah, that'd be great. As as you go, you can talk about it as it's happening. 
There you go. Um, yeah, we'll definitely put a link in the show notes. Um, yeah, because because we want to keep Hey Ash going, you know, as long as we possibly can. Because I'm easily, I'm not easily amused, but I'm easily amused by Hey Ash, uh, <laughs> and I want to see more episodes personally. And I and I love the fact that it engages with contemporary and kind of current, like up to the moment things that are happening in the games community, because it gives us an in um, with a little levity to talk about some of those issues, especially with undergraduates mm. um, that are sometimes difficult to broach. Sure. Um, so, and that's why I, as a, as a teacher, have always appreciated um, Hey Ash. Thank you. So now you know, you are also a scholarly resource. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and we watched. It was, it was kind of funny. Sam and I were talking about the Patreon uh, and just kind of watching as it exploded. So I'm sure that had to feel really good. That people were not just excited about what you were doing, but were willing to like fling money at you to do more of it. So yeah, we have really awesome feeling. fans. I, we were really we did it as kind of just like a we're like oh we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Because we we're not with game trailers anymore, and um, you know Anthony and I have other work that we're doing a lot of the time, but this is mostly honestly for our editor and director and uh, DP Justin, who does all the heavy lifting for the show. Um, and is a freelance editor, but like he doesn't really know where his next paycheck is coming from. So this is kind of mostly just for him to feel secure <laughs> in life. Um, <laughs> so I'm really grateful that people are contributing because I every time I saw Justin editing stuff, and I'm like, ah oh, man, <laughs> we really need to pay this guy more. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it feels good to be able to do that. That is good. Yeah, it is awesome. All right, Ashley, you got a couple questions. I do. Um, so let's see here. Which one do I want to start with? <laughs> um, how did you get into voice acting for video games and anime? It honestly, like I, uh, I kind of mentioned before, all roads lead from Hey Ash. So Anthony got hired as a writer at Gearbox, um, and he was writing Tiny Tina, and he realized that he wanted me to audition for it. Um, but he felt weird because he'd just gotten hired, and he's like, uh feels weird to be like, you just hired me, now hire my sister. So he asked, <laughs> he asked if I could audition, and um, and we did a blind audition process, which means that I just submit the takes, and my name is not attached, and then everyone just listens to them and decides. So um, I ended up getting cast, which was awesome. Um, so it was like, you know, it was like a 20% like a nepotism, 20 to 30% nepotism, and then <laughs> hopefully then just the rest of it was just me getting it. Um, but yeah, it kind of all started with Tiny Tina, and um, since then, I've either gotten cast um, based on my work as Tiny Tina, or my work at Hey Ash, or now people are just starting to kind of, I think, know me from um, working, like there are different studio, not studios, there are different like companies that will cast for games and stuff, and I've worked with some consistently, and so they kind of know me now, based on other games that I've... Um, worked on. So when I was first getting started it was definitely like Hey Ash. Like I think I think actually Hey Ash is the reason that I got Miss Pauling as well. Or the reason that um the dudes at Belt knew of me. Um so yeah. Tina and Hey Ash and then now just sort of like working more, people are getting to know me more because I've worked with them or people right. that they know or whatever. Um which I am so grateful for. <laughs> um but yeah, everything kind of started with Hey Ash, which is sort of wacky to think about. 
Has your career gone as expected? <laughs> or did you have any expectations? <laughs> I had no expectations. <laughs> I was, I like, I had, I was, when I was in high school, I was like, I want to be a voice actor, and then had no idea how to accomplish that. Yeah. Um, and so, literally, my whole goal was like, I will go, to, I will go to college in Los Angeles and keep doing hash, and then I'll figure it out. <laughs> and <laughs> that was my whole plan. And uh, honestly, without Hey Ash, I don't think, I don't know what I would be doing right now. Um, it's kind of the reason that everything happened. So I literally was just like, I don't know what it means to be a successful voice actor. I just know I want to voice act. And literally everything that I've done since then has just been like, oh my god, I can't believe that I'm getting to do all the stuff that I'm getting to do. So I'm very oh, lucky and very grateful. That's awesome. Yeah. And I have to say this because um, your voice acting work is all awesome. Um, and Thank you. Um, Borderlands 2, I've played Life is Strange, I've played Team Fortress 2 is a game that I have never gotten into but I have watched more Mrs. Pauling cutscenes <laughs> because there's just something about Mrs. Pauling as a character and the way that you act her that is just absolutely hilarious. It's like she's well, like my you. favorite character ever and I keep telling myself maybe I need to go back and try to play this game again because I really kind of love this character as a character and I want to you know just kind of get a feel, get a better feel for the game and see how the other actors are as well. Yeah but you know I'm just happy listening to you personally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You didn't know you were joining us for a love fest. <laughs> it's great to it spraying that shit on you. Well, I guess it's better than going the other way. Yeah. Here and be like, well, you social justice warrior, yeah, exactly. how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the the most. That would be the biggest bait and switch. Like if you got an actually like you'd set up an entire like front of a feminist yeah. website. Like, get her whole thing. <laughs> like, oh, this is legit. And then I show Don't up and it's like a bunch ideas, of like... Because now they're going to do that stuff. I know. I know. We're all boned. I would have been like, ah, oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I would have been like, second, like, whoa, I mean, good on you, I guess. You, you fooled. I got fooled. Um, <laughs> be like, too bad my internet connection just stopped. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Gotta go. My house is on fire. I can't. Um, I do, I do have a few more questions for you. Um, Go for it. I was curious, what has your experience been like working for Cartoon Network? It's been great. I really, yeah. I really love writing for Adventure Time. Um, it's a small writing team, and the way that um, animation, at least for Adventure Time, works, I'm not sure about other shows, but um, the writers' room will write like script outlines, and then the storyboarders. Um, will take specific episodes and they write all the dialogue. So all of the really awesome, like, voice... I mean, we write some dialogue in our outlines, but, like, um... Yeah, it, it, like, I, I don't come up with any of, like, the really fun, like, mathematical, that kind of stuff, or, like, what the cram? <laughs> like, any of those, like... Things, <laughs> I love you know, that shit. They're the best awesome, dialogue. Yeah, the awesome Adventure Time-isms. Um, but, yeah, we write uh, script outlines, which are equally as fun. Um, they're so fun to write. It's funny because it's literally just, like, you're writing fan fiction. Um... Because I had a I had a test period for like two weeks, and I came and I was just trying to think of a bunch of episode ideas coming into the first session. Um, and as I was doing that, I was like, "This is literally like I'm writing fan fiction." <laughs> it's just like I wonder what would happen if Cinnamon Bun and so and so hung out. Like it was just like, <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but yeah, it's I mean I I have to tell you like 
I've worked in writers' rooms before that, um, for various reasons, were just not positive experiences. Mm-hmm. And I work. I, I write for Rocket Jump and Adventure Time now, and both writers' rooms um, are just incredible. They're just filled with very respectful people that are super intelligent and good at what they do, but also respect me and my input um, and tell me that, which is sort of invaluable, uh, especially after you've been in other situations that aren't as positive. Um, I'm just, like, crazy grateful. Um, the Adventure Time dudes are awesome um, and just fun to hang out with, and they just are, so, are super down um, with... Um, like, I came in wanting to incorporate more female characters into the show if I could. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of already of the same mind when I came yeah. in. I was like, we should make this person a woman. They're like, okay. <laughs> it's just been like, uh, <laughs> My daughter will be very happy to hear that. Yeah. When we went to Gen Con, they actually had, like, stuff from Cartoon Network that was, like, Finn, and, that was Finn stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Finn and Jake's. There was nothing there with Fiona on any of their marketing materials, and she burst into tears. Oh, <laughs> you remember that? Yes, it was it was, it was bad. Um, so yeah, it's great that you know there are going to be more that you're working on getting more female characters in there because there are little girls out there who really love Adventure Time. Oh yeah. And uh, there, are, there are older girls who really love adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you can tell also even just like, I mean, the way, um, especially the, I think season seven, you can kind of see uh, in the way that they've treated Princess Bubblegum and her arc and stuff like that, that yeah. Yeah. there's the show has a lot of respect for its female characters, yeah. um, yes. which is great. Um, and yeah, like I said, it wasn't, I, I it wasn't like, I didn't like stand on a soapbox and I was like, we need to include more female characters. And like, oh, okay, cool, we're good. Yeah, let's do that. Like, it was just they're you know they're just really awesome folks that are just like already on board. So it sounds like we we had a another guest on a while back, Stacy Detto, who um, works at Nintendo Treehouse now, mm-hmm. who worked cartoon who worked at Cartoon Network for years as a as a writer as well, and she had the same kind of positive experience. Yeah, it's so, great. Yeah, I mean and, you can see it with Steven Universe too. Like Steven Universe. Yeah. Is, like, girl power of the show. It's fucking awesome, by the way. If anyone hasn't watched Steven Universe, you need to watch Steven Universe. It's so good. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome place to work. I really like working there a lot. Yeah, I feel like a good a good space um, makes all the difference for writers, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I, I just want to say, really quickly, as quickly as I can, yes, I am the resident hater, and I hate everything. But I will tell you, I fucking love Adventure Time. I think it's <laughs> No, I'm serious. Listen, bear me out for just a minute. I think it's one of the most interesting narratives happening right now on television, period. Not just in animation, but in everything. The persistent story, the weird one-off episodes, the way the world is developing, the -hmm. amount of foreshadowing that you manage to bring in without it being too heavy-handed, the development of characters. It's incredible work. It's also just doing interesting things... Yeah, in terms of like exploring child development into yeah. like teenage years and stuff, like you know the uh, I forget what the episode is, Fire and Ice, I think is what it's called, where it's literally just about Finn going through puberty. And yeah, it's the only time I've seen that tackled in that way before. When I saw that, it blew my mind. I like was just my jaw was on the floor. There's literally that scene where Finn is like a baby with hair on his legs and is like having wet dreams, and you're like, oh my god! Like no other, no other children's show in the history of time, never would have tackled this this idea in this way. 
um, like really responsibly and like interesting. I don't know. I'm. I mean, I'm already in love. I was in love with the show before I started working on it. But yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a great show. I cannot talk enough about it. So kudos yeah. to you and everyone involved. Well, thank you. None of my stuff has come out yet. So <laughs> tell me what you think about it when it does. But <laughs> all right. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, we will. Trust me. <laughs> Ash, you got another question? Yes. So jumping off of the um, the writer and writing kind of thing, um, what do you like to write about in your off time? And I know we kind of talked about, well, you talked about what you're reading now, but what are your what are some of your favorite books as well? Let's see. Um, That's okay. always a hard question. Mm, that is really hard. It is. I mean, I'm a huge Steinbeck geek. So yeah. Grapes, Grapes of Wrath is one of them. Um, but, uh, I mean, in my off time, I, I mostly just like to write... I like to write, or I'm trying to write more high-concept genre stories with female leads. Um, Thank you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find interesting archetype, not archetypes, but just di just different interesting, I guess, because within certain, like, genres tend to have certain archetypes, right? Yeah, like absolutely. Sci-fi, fantasies, whatever, and just sort of playing with what does a female character in this archetype that you don't see them in usually... You know what? What sort of um, results does that yield? What is my voice for that type of character? That sort of thing. Um, which is funny. I mostly consume. I mean, I don't really write like novels or anything. I mostly write. You know, for any of my work, I write scripts um, mm -hmm. predominantly. So, a lot of the stuff um, that influences me is, is like TV and video games and stuff. Um, and the stuff that I read actually tends to be a lot less genre specific. It's a lot more. I mean, like I love Douglas Adams. Um, Yay! Yeah, so I'll read a bunch of Douglas Adams, but like I recently read *The Spy Who Came in from the Cold*. It's an awesome book. Um, uh, like I said, yeah, I, I read *The Bluest Eye* before. I was I started reading um, *Canary Row*, and then I just was reading a bunch of nonfiction stuff. So the uh, *Consider the Lobster* and other essays is like one of my favorite. Oh, man, it's so good! Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I tried it. I need to just. Tr I just need to commit to Infinite Jest. Infinite Jest was a bit like, woo! Like, <laughs> like it's like a. It's a. It's a task. Uh, and I. And I understand. As I understand it, you need to read it multiple times to even like fully appreciate it. Um, but consider the lobster and other essays is just the perfect encaps. It's just perfect. It's just there's there's a whole wave of us who teach consider the lobster. I'm just that, that really, the lobster. Yeah, most of us do. I think it, it gets it gets spread around, and we keep it's bringing incredible. in. incredible. Yeah, it's a great piece for teaching in class. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I mean, Dave Foster Wallace is just because we have our really complex complex ideas is like he, um, you know, I mean, this is getting kind of dark. Like when people talk about you know, suicide and how people can get angry at people that commit suicide, and like there's a sort of like shame and demonization of that act. Obviously, it's it's terribly tragic. Um. But like the sort of shame that's put on people to do it, and then his description of what it feels like to be compelled to suicide or to be depressed to the degree that you could commit suicide, yeah. I like send that to people now um, that just have that like don't understand like they have a depressed friend or they have a whatever you know, and it's like well this is the best way I've ever seen this described. Um, his essentially just to distill it down in far less eloquent terms, he says it's like it's like being in a burning building, and you either like are just getting burned by the flames, which is your depression, or you jump out the window. Um, so it's he he just has this way of describing ideas 
and it, it, I don't know. He's just he's just brilliant. He's a genius. Um, yeah. So yeah, you should read if you haven't read. Consider the Lobster. It is well worth your time. It's fantastic. Have you? Here's a question. Have you read since you you like Steinbeck? Um, have you read uh, his Arthurian legend? Uh, was it the the Acts of King Arthur? I think was it the what it was. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. I have to admit, this is like my favorite Arthurian legend. is <laughs> um, written by Steinbeck, and it's like totally and completely Steinbeck. Um, but that was one of that sounds one awesome. Of yeah, I haven't read that either. Yeah, it's good. So I highly recommend that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to read. That sounds really, really great. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm so happy that other people when I read when I read Steinbeck and they're looking at me like, why are you reading that? What are you reading that for? And I'm like, really. <laughs> What to? Steinbeck's <laughs> I mean, great. I don't know. I think mean, Steinbeck's awesome. But so you like to feel, nice man. Being book nerds and all. <laughs> We're just nerd nerds all around. Yeah. We can't get away from that shit. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, Charlotte, you got a couple questions, darling? I do. Um, so what, it, what initially drew you to the role of Chloe Price? Did you audition, or what was the process like? Yeah, I actually I auditioned for um, I just auditioned for actually Max and Chloe. So I got asides from from my agency for both characters, and mm. I liked Max a lot. But I like I was definitely more drawn to Chloe, and I felt like Chloe fit my just voice or my I I feel like I knew I knew how to do it. Like Max is more um. I I don't know. I just felt I I felt I related to Chloe, <laughs> um, in the sides oh. that I got. Please finish your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean Max is more. Max is just she. She, I could see, I could see honestly the relationship that Chloe and Max have. I could see having a friend like Max, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas mm -hmm. I like directly related to Chloe. Um, and um, so yeah, when I got the sides, I, I kind of you know. I immediately was like, okay, this is the type of voice I would give her. This is, like, the attitude and the cadence that she would have, you know, in my mind or whatever. And I actually, th I thought, because uh, the guys that don't nod, a couple of them said that they liked Hey Ash. So I, I assumed, I was like, oh, they must have, you know, known me from Hey Ash and, you know, whatever. Um, but I was talking to Michelle, um, one of the guys that works on Life is Strange, awesome, awesome fella. Um, uh, and he said, no, we actually didn't know. We only found out later. Because they, I guess they, they also had a blind audition thing where they just listened to... Uh, to the auditions that they got. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, I'm glad that a lot of people do that, apparently. That's really neat to know. Yeah, it is neat. I don't know how common it is, but um, but it, it's it's nice. Um, it's nice to feel like I got it on my own merits, you know? Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Chloe is just... She is sort of like the distilled feeling and fear of abandonment abandonment and feeling like you can be replaced, that you're a replaceable person, and the feeling of, you know, uh, of, of not having anyone and of not really truly being loved. She's that distilled into, like, a teenager, so it, you know, it is conveyed through, like, angst and, like, punk attitude and that kind of thing. But that mm -hmm. core of her is so human, and I think something that every, kind of most people have that, you know, have that fear, have that sense about them, or did at some point of like, I, I'm easy to leave, I'm easy to forget about kind of thing. And that's kind of where all of her stuff comes from. It's like Gosh, fighting, you, you know. When you say it that way, it makes, I'm not going to spoil it, but it makes the ending of episode three such a gut punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, and I have a question that I have to ask. It's not. It's 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 not one of our intended questions. <laughs> I gotta oh, ask. Yeah, we're breaking scripts. We're breaking things over. So Hella, <laughs> in the script, or did is this ad libbing on your part? It was in the script. Okay. <laughs> we so have maybe had some okay. conversations about layered that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we we maybe talked a little bit about the proliferation of Hella. Right. <laughs> There may have been some hell accounts. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> saying for sure. But I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> All right, Charlotte, darling, you got another question? Yeah, you said a little, but um, but how do you feel about Chloe Price and her development as a character and about the game in general? I'm really, I feel honestly very honored to be part of Life is Strange. Um, I think it's a really unique game. Um, I think it tackles sort of subjects that are sort of unique to video games, and uh -huh. just having two female protagonists at all uh, um, is sort of remarkable. Um, yeah, Chloe, I think, um, as, as I think it kind of should be, you start to understand her more, and I think empathize with her more as the episodes go on. Um, because you kind of get start to get in, get to know her more in a way. Like when you first, if you were to first meet Chloe in real life, she would come off the way she does in episode one, where you'd be like, you know, you might understandably be like, who is this girl that's just trying to pretend that she's cooler than everyone else? And then as you start to get to know her, you realize like the deep sort of tragic wounds that she has. Like she lost yeah. her father. Um, she feels abandoned. She has a horrible stepfather. Um, well, in her, you know, uh, they, I think they also try they try to make you know, most of the characters sympathetic in all their different ways. But, um, but yeah, I, I've grown really attached to Chloe, actually. Um, and since episode three, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'll just say that episode four is very, very intense. Um, yeah. ah! <laughs> uh, very intense. So since episode, so episode three on, I have, um, I've, it's been a really emotional experience voicing her. Um, I, I love doing it. It's honestly, it's it's such a, it's an interesting challenge, and it's, I feel like I'm, it, I feel really proud of the work that I did with Chloe, um, and I, I leave every session now just like, <sighs> you know, just like really like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, it, she forces me to, to have to tap into a lot of raw stuff, and, um, which I actually really love. Like, I love that that she forces me to do that. Um, and I think the progression of the series in general has been kind of remarkable, and um, and also the way that it's that people have responded to it. Like, it has such a broad audience, um, which I think a lot of people would assume that it wouldn't. But I've spoken, like, I was at E3 briefly, and... Um, uh, I was hanging out, you know, I was doing some stuff, I was doing some press stuff for Life is Strange, and I was just hanging out, you know, around the Square Enix booth, and so many men came up to me and told me how much they love the game, you know, men and women, and um, it, it just had this, has this broad appeal, um, and it's and it's great because it's such a, you'd think it would, you know, I think people would assume that it's a very, a very niche story and a very niche uh, set of characters, but it really isn't, I think a lot of, a lot of it is so universal, and like I said, I mean, 
I've heard people that you know found Chloe sort of abrasive at the beginning, um, but I think as you as you get to know her more, you sort of realize that like all of her stuff just comes from a place of hurt, and she has really really developed defense mechanisms, and um, and she has that very human quality about her of like I. I have been abandoned and I'm not going to fucking let it happen again. Like, I'm not going to get hurt that way again. It's like her motivating factor for stuff, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I've gotten really, honestly, very, very attached to Chloe. <laughs> um, I haven't recorded the last episode yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very sad when that happens. Well, you know, there's rumors that it's going to continue, but uh, I don't know if somebody else is about to talk, but I had a couple of follow-ups to that, if I may. No, I just wanted to throw one thing in. Is, is, and you said something that, that we've made that same argument um, a million times is, is people say, well, you know, you know, well, guys wouldn't want to play a female protagonist, blah, 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 and we call bullshit because, like you say, a good narrative is universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People want to play games with good narratives. It doesn't, it, it, it's not like, you know, men are not going to play a, a game that has a female protagonist. I mean, hell, women have been playing games with male protagonists at least two years. <laughs> For, oh shit! For, for yeah. Literally, almost years. forty fucking yeah. years now, because we had no yeah. choice. Right. Um, Have you all heard of Hip Hop Gamer? Do you know who Hip Hop Gamer is? No. Maybe we he's should. He's a U- yeah. He's a YouTuber. Um, and he walks around with like this like WWE belt like slung over his shoulder, <laughs> and he lost his mind when he found out that I voiced Chloe. Because he loves life streams so much. He was like, I played with my son and my and my mom. He was like, we all sit down, like the whole family sits down and plays Life is Strange. And I was like, this dude loves Life is Strange. It's incredible. Like, oh, that makes my just, heart so happy. Yeah, he's like this little guy, like like carrying around this WWE belt, and he's like, oh my god, you're Chloe. I love Life is Strange so much. It was amazing. <laughs> and um, here's the thing, though, is I there are certain parts of certain episodes because I have a se- well, she's seven now, seven year old. Um, uh, and and I'm very wary of the of the media that she sure. consumes. Um, but there are certain parts of episodes of Life is Strange that I let her watch, and she mm-hmm. absolutely loves it. That's um, awesome. And Chloe is her favorite character. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, she's yeah, because she'll she'll come in and she'll say can we watch that game that I really, really like? Because it started because she came to class with me one day, um, oh, yeah. and it was on a playtesting day, and some of the students were playing Life is Strange. Um, and she really kind of got drawn into it, and I and I had to think about what point they were playing in the game before I let her go over there to, to right. that section of the room. Um, and, yeah, she loves the game. That's what awesome. was one of the parts that you let her see? Well, any of the parts where there's just like conversations, and I let her actually watch the the part um, where Chloe and Max are going into the principal's office um, or breaking into the <laughs> nice. principal's office, and she's like, "They really shouldn't be doing that." <laughs> nope. Nope. No, they shouldn't. Explosives are bad. Good job. <laughs> now you're a bad influence on seven year olds. <laughs> I'm going to back and influence my seven-year-old. Dang. Dang. Life, is, Life is Strange is one of those games where I forget myself. Um, I completely lose myself in the game, and I, I lose track of time, of whether or not I should feed myself or, you know, quench my thirst. It's like one of those, it's one of those things where I... Like I vanish completely, and I'm just in the game. And there are so many moments um, between Chloe and Max that are so beautiful. And I really love um, 
like I think the there's a moment in the first episode where Chloe is dancing on top of the bed and smoking weed or something and um I just loved it. I don't know. I just it just reminded me of, you know, my best friend in high school was a bit wild like Chloe and I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, like this is bringing me back to that time and it's like you said it's that universal connection. Um mm -hmm with people in their, you know, teenage years or maybe even college years, I'd say. That dancing on the bed scene, I think, is the part that, there's that one scene that made everybody fall in love with Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really well, that was that was one of the things that I wanted to say, is you spoke to the universality of the narrative. And we've been, I mean, because, listen, we're critics. Our job is to be critical. Sure. Uh, so there have been some times that we've been a little harsh on the game, as we're harsh on everything we've talked mm -hmm. about several aspects of the game, but as it's developed through the episodes, more and more we're just like, you know what? The only times we really get annoyed are because they're teenagers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and because teenagers are awful. Sorry for the teenagers who might be listening, but we were awful as teenagers too. And we understand. Like, I was terrible. You know, you, they get so overwhelmed by emotions, and it's so difficult to process everything, and everything feels so huge. And Chloe, as you so smartly put it, is a really good example of that because mm -hmm. she's been through so much. Yeah, and there's no way, how do you deal with that at that age, you know, and you don't have any, like, you don't have really any structure or emotional support, and so she just gets really, you know, she gets angsty, she gets angry, because um, there's not really any other way for her to deal with she it. She has no outlet. Yeah. It's like book four of Harry Potter. When, you exactly. when he's just yelling the whole time, and you're like, oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're like, wait, this is exactly what I'm supposed to feel. Yeah, well, yeah. he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to say is, speaking to the, the wide appeal of Life is Strange, I think part of it, obviously the narrative, the characters, the development, even the gameplay has a lot to do with it. But I think we've yearned for a game like this where our actions actually had some impact. And we don't see it a lot. I mean, look mm -hmm. at the Telltale games. They're great games, but they're pretty much going to happen the way they happen. I was playing through, uh, most of us played through, uh, I think, episode two while we were streaming. Mm -hmm. And that was that was an experience, to, to have other people with you who had experienced a different ending. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so now, now we have all this guilt, or I feel guilt, because people <laughs> want to ask me, like, how do you feel about your choices? And I'm like, I don't know what choice went wrong. Right. Yeah. I feel I good. Know. I'm great. <laughs> I'm glad you feel good, but I don't know what I did wrong. I did everything I could, and I don't know what went wrong. And I feel a lot of guilt about it. <laughs> I mean, you get you get really emotionally into it. You're there in that moment. And, mm -hmm. and I really like, too, that Don't Not has put all of the resources and content around the game, like websites for people to go to and talk about issues. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's so, awesome. Please feel free to pass along that we love them for that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're really awesome, responsible, cool people, I think. I like them a lot. They're good folk. When we when we interact with them on Twitter occasionally, they uh, they always seem really nice. Yeah, they're really, really sweet. They're really great guys. I saw them this year um, at PAX East, and I'm from Boston, and uh, they somebody in the audience dressed up as Max Caulfield, and... They thought that was the coolest thing. <laughs> they nerded out so hard, and it was a bunch of these, like, you know, because uh, it was a bunch of these grown men, giant beards. I think one of them had tattoos or something, and um, and she even had, like, the old-school camera 
as well that she pulled oh, out of nice. her purse. And, and, and like seeing their reactions and their, their love for this story and this project and it was amazing. It was it was awesome just to see a bunch of grown men like just fangirl over oh. <laughs> over Max, which was great. <laughs> All right, Alicia, you got some questions, darling? I do. Um I have to give my friend a shout out in this question because he, my friend Jason, who I've known for, I don't know, over a decade, he was so excited when he heard you were going to be on our podcast Aww. that I think he may have actually peed himself. Um, <laughs> and now I've said it to everyone. Sorry, Jason. I'm sure you didn't actually pee. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. But he asked me to ask you a, vo a form of this question. So you have a lot of characters that you voice who have some very iconic lines, moments, mm -hmm. phrases, right? So we were curious about whether or not that ever actually bleeds into your own speech and Jason's example <laughs> was, what he wanted to know is, do you ever feel the need to yell, burn all the babies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that one. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel like I really should incorporate that into my daily speech more. Um, maybe someday. I, maybe someday. I have noticed that when I get nervous in a video game, uh, I will do the running, running, running. I'm running over here. <laughs> I, I do that, but in my normal voice, um, and that's a, that's a tiny Tina line. So if I'm getting chased or I'm like trying to like hide from gunfire or you know whatever it happens to be in a game, I I find myself doing that. I'm like, God damn it, Ashley, that's so stupid. Don't quote yourself. What? Like I get so like. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Uh, feel so weird about it, but it just happens really involuntarily sometimes. Um, but that's the main one. I'm trying to think if there's other stuff. Um, I hope you haven't started saying a lot of hellas. You know, I do say hella sometimes. <laughs> I think that's more because of my Northern California friends, though, than Chloe. Right. Although Chloe probably helped cement it. But my two my two good uh, girlfriends <laughs> are from Northern California, and they say they say hell a lot. So uh, it's it's worked its way into my speech. Right. Yeah, it's mostly well, when I'm playing okay with your scary video games, I, I quote Tina. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, my kind of follow-up to that is, and, and you talked about this a little bit earlier when you discussed, or I think you did maybe, when you discussed writing for Adventure Time, but mm -hmm. we didn't really go into it. Um, when you're doing voice work, when you watch others doing voice work, and this is just kind of a question I'm curious about, is there much chance for ad-libbing? I mean, if so, does it depend on like the project and the cast and the approach? Right. Do you get to bring a lot of yourself to the table? How's that work? It's totally dependent on the project, I think. Because sometimes, I mean, like for example, if you're if you're doing anything commercial, there's no ad-libbing allowed because they are very specific about like brand and like all that kind of stuff. They want like a specific thing. Um, and then sometimes, like I've done some animation projects where they just kind of want you to stick to the script um, for various reasons. Um, which is never a problem. Um, but then there are some, usually some specific directors, like for my, for example, my brother, um, Anthony, who wrote Borderlands 2, was the director, was one of the directors also for the voice recording, and he liked it when people ad-libbed. Um, so Damien Clark, who plays Handsome Jack, a lot of his lines are ad-libbed. Um, nice. So his pretzels, like, these pretzels suck. That's just something Damien said. Um, <laughs> That's uh, great. Which is awesome, yeah, Damien's hilarious. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, honestly, what of Tina's lines were ad-libbed. I know that, like, I made up all the songs on the spot. Usually Anthony would just be like, sometimes I would just, not like the words, but he would just, like, write a thing, and then sometimes I would sing-song it, or he would say, like, Ash makes a song out of this, 
in parentheses, <laughs> and I kind of would just do it. Um, it was like the closest I think. I sing most of my daily actions. I really appreciate that, and I'm glad yeah. that you made it famous. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very natural. You know, you just kind of have to do it. Um, but that's probably the closest I got to ad libbing with Tina. But I know some people are, some projects are totally fine with it. Some prefer you not to, just for you know certain reasons. Um, uh, or they'll ask you to give options. So, like, if you do one with an ad lib or you change the line or whatever, they might ask you to do it again. Just so they have an option with right you know the the what, what's as written. Um, but yeah, I mean, most most voice directors are so chill and awesome. They'll you know it's just sort of like you kind of just feel it. I, I usually tend to s stick to the script unless I feel like the most I actually ad lib is if I'm doing a dramatic scene and I feel like adding or taking away a word or two will get me more in the space that I need to be in. Mm. Um, but sometimes I'll ad lib if I think of something funny, which is <laughs> not that often because very boring. Yeah, um, no way, <laughs> liar. Okay, everybody, raise your hand if suddenly you want to run away and become a voice actor. I know. <laughs> yeah. Shit. For video games, we chose wrong. Younger, so I can run away and do games in a non-scholarly way. Oh well, I guess somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> somebody's got to be evil social justice warrior. <laughs> <laughs> social justice warriors. <laughs> Coming for your vidya. Coming for your vidya. All right. All right. <laughs> Switch gears. We will. Um, and so, um, Ashley with an E. You have a question, darling. Yes. Um, so this is kind of being seared in a totally different direction but I've been having a lot of issues with anxiety lately and I know you've spoken about it before mm -hmm. um, so you know would you mind talking a bit about that like you know do you ever use games as a way to um, to cope with your anxiety yeah I mean when I was a kid um, so I've had anxiety since I can remember pretty much probably since mm -hmm. I was like 10 um, so when I when I was 10 it was getting really bad and it manifested physically a lot, so I would just sort of feel nauseous a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I feel you, girl. Yeah, so particularly <laughs> when I went to go, like, eat, I would, like, eat a bite of something and be like, oh, throw up, and uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't get the feeling of it out of my mind. I would just obsess about throwing up for, like, hours, yeah. and the only yeah. thing that could calm me down was uh, playing Harvestman 64, actually. So oh. I would, yeah, so I would just play a few hours of Harvestman 64, and I would kind of forget, um about the nausea, and then I would be able to, like, go about my day. Um, it was the only thing to help me um, for a little while. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Ashley, that you're experiencing that. Anxiety is fucking awful. As it I think. really is fucking awful. It's I the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the pits. It's the total pits. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I've had, it, I've had it for, you know, over a decade, like 15 years now. And um, it's one of those things that um, I didn't think would get better, until it started getting better. It was really weird. It was like, I, I mean, I, I started doing a lot of stuff like, whatever, um, I, I go to therapy. That's, therapy's awesome. If you think I'm weird for going to therapy, I, you know, I understand there's a lot of, like, stigma around it, but it's really great. Fuck <laughs> stigma. Thing. Everybody uh, who needs therapy should go. Should go, yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, there are some shitty therapists, don't get me wrong. Of like, course. if you had a bad experience with therapy, I'm very, very, I'm genuinely very sorry because it's yeah. having a, when you're like, oh man, I am, in, I am in such a bad spot. I really need someone to talk to, and then you go to be vulnerable with someone, and they suck. Is like the worst. 
but I promise you that there are good therapists that exist. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've done a lot of work uh, on it, and um, if if you have the means or the um, uh, if you're in the place that you feel like you can, I mean, therapy's really helped me a lot. Um, mm -hmm. There's also small stuff like, I mean, it sounds so weird, and then it wasn't until I I heard it from like five different sources that I was like, fine, I'll do it. Um, is meditating is actually like really good for anxiety. Um, it doesn't help in the moment when you're anxious, but as like a preventative measure sort of, if you do it every night for like 10 minutes a night even, um, it helps It helps with that sort of like weird chemical response that happens. It sort of starts to retrain your brain about how to like... Because um, the way that I meditate at least is like you, you, you breathe and you only think about, you like will think or, you know, you, you breathe in and then you think the word exhale. And then thoughts come up, and then as they come up, you sort of acknowledge that they're there, you let them go, and then you try to return to just thinking about your breathing. Um, it's just, it's sort of an exercise in not judging yourself for whatever comes up. Um, and it's, it helps with, um, I've, I've actually noticed, I mean, it's probably like a confluence of things, but I've noticed that like in moments of anxiety, I'm a lot better now at being like, okay, that's just a thought, moving on, you know. Sometimes right. better than others, some moments are better than others, but uh, I have noticed it's it's gotten better, so... One of the main things about anxiety is that it really, I like, I was, when I was, like, 20 or 21, I think, I just resigned myself. I was like, I'm always going to feel this way. I guess that's it. I'm always going to feel this way. Fuck it. Um, but I've actually noticed, I've, I've, I've experienced that it doesn't actually have to be that way. Um, and it's taken a while, and I've had to do a lot of work, but um, it's really helped. Um, but, yeah, man, I fucking obsessive thoughts, intrusive thoughts, um... Nausea from anxiety, not being able to sleep, you know, panic attacks. I've, I've done the whole, the whole shebang, <laughs> uh, and it's all awful. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, a huge thing is is community. Also, is talking to people and like you, Absolutely. you have that. I have that too. Like <laughs> one of my best friends um, has really bad anxiety too, and it manifests in different ways for her. Like she has really severe um, body image issues, unfortunately as a result of her anxiety, or as, like, a part of her anxiety, mm -hmm. but, you know, she manifests, like, it manifests in very similar, like, physiological ways for her, so we talk about that a lot, and we can go to each other and be like, am I crazy? And they'll be like, no, this, this, and this, and like, oh, okay, great, but am I crazy? Like, we just do that with each other. <laughs> um, so having someone, you know, it, again, it's hard, because it's this thing that feels so foreign and shitty, and you don't, and sometimes you're like, am I insane? Like, am I losing my mind? And, like, trying to open up to someone and be vulnerable about that is the, the scariest thing in the world, but it's really the primary way that i found that it gets better, is um, allowing yourself to open up and to be, because the main thing, at least with me and my anxiety often, is that I'll, I'll just feel like I can't show people, if I show it to people, I'll be rejected. That's the Chloe thing, right? It's like, I, right, you know, right. it's a fear it's the fear of, of opening up and being vulnerable and trusting because what if I get rejected? What if I get hurt again? Kind of thing. Um, but it's that horrible catch-22 of like, you don't want to do it because you've gotten, because you probably have gotten reinforced somewhere down the line that like being vulnerable isn't good from somewhere, your parents, <laughs> a loved one, you know, whatever. Um, but the catch-22 of it is that you have to do it to get through, <laughs> you right. know, the experiences that, that have happened to you because of those things. Um, so... Yeah, anxieties are the worst. Um, but you really, I mean, anyone, you know, anyone that's listening to this, it's, it's A, you're not alone. Um, B, there are many resources available to you um, 
including, I, I hope, I dearly hope, and I, I'm sure, uh, loved ones that, you know, and, and there's also the thing of, you know, you might not have people, like one of my dearest friends in the world has, he's like, I have no, I can't understand, like he can't empathize with my anxiety, he like just doesn't understand it, but there's something about, he does it with compassion in a way, and it's like this loving place where I'll be like, ah, I just was obsessing about this thing, this thing, this thing, and now I'm freaking out and whatever, and he's like, Ashley, none of that's real, but he'll do it in a way that I'm like, and it's very compassionate. Like, it's not coming from a place of, like, right. trying to validate me. It's very, like, I love you, and I don't want this to be running through your head. Like, how do we stop it, you know? Um, and I'll be like, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, but, yeah, it, part of it is, I think a lot of it is taking, is unfortunately having to sort of take risks with the fragile state that you feel that you're in and, like, share it with someone that you love or find a professional resource um, is super helpful. Um and then just stuff like, even just like physical stuff, like, I mean, the shit that you'd never want to do when you're depressed or anxious um, is always the stuff that ends up helping. So like exercising mm -hmm. and eating well and like stuff like that <laughs> where you're just like, I don't want to do any of this. I already feel awful. Why do I want to force myself to run two miles? Um, but <laughs> it helps. It really helps. And video games super help. Like, yeah. It helps distract you, and then also, like, if you play multiplayer games, it helps you connect with other people and get outside of your own head. Right. Um, video games are an amazing resource for that. And um, there are even, you know, some games that are tackling issues like depression. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually haven't... I don't know if you guys have played any that are about anxiety specifically. I haven't, personally. Um, but... Yeah, that was a tangent. Sorry. No, that was great. No, I really fine. appreciate you speaking so frankly about it because we that's what we need I think all of us is more people to just open up and say listen this is some shit that happens yeah. and it doesn't mean yeah. that you're you know uh, that you can't be helped or that you can't live your life or that there's something like so fucking broken about you that no one yeah. will ever love you but let's talk about it and let's bring it into the open like I don't I don't have I don't suffer from a lot of issues very often because I, I, I'm so rigidly controlled in some ways that I don't let it. I just don't. I, I shut down. But I've noticed that since I've been with my husband, I've been able to explore some of my feelings a lot more because mm -hmm. he's there for me. He's like such a solid rock. And when I start to like just flip out about something that it shouldn't matter but does, um, he's just there for me. And he'll let me squeeze his hands really tightly. Or he'll he'll like just go go take a bath, go play a game, do whatever. I'll take care of the kids. I got everything. You go handle what's going on, and it's such a relief, like mm -hmm. to be able to let go and let yourself feel yeah. what you're feeling, and so you can deal with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know yeah. how much I was shut down until we got together, and I started to realize what it was like to have somebody who was really supportive. You know? Yeah, it's one of those hard things where you sort of it's like waking up sometimes for the first time like I you know I I uh, like I said I kind of I just had taken it as a foregone conclusion that I was just gonna be anxious my whole life mm -hmm. and then uh, I actually uh, a loved one of mine died and then it, it was this random like it just sort of shook me up and I I was like I don't want to be this way anymore it was just this weird thing that like like a, a, a switch flipped uh, did I say that right I always mix that up sometimes I say a flip switched but I for the first time I was like I don't I don't want to be this way anymore and I don't think that I have to be but that's the other thing about anxiety is that or anything honestly um, which is something that I always try to tell 
people, because shame is such a huge part of mental illness, mm-hmm. um, like needing more, like needing more care or needing to take care of yourself or not getting over something fast enough, whatever it is, we put so much shame on ourselves for this yeah. sort of stuff. And there is this sort of thing of like, well, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice to feel this way or to not feel this way or whatever. And when people say like stuff like that, it's just like, oh, it's not a choice. Like if I could choose to switch it off, I would. Um, and so there's this this part of all mental things, I think, is that you, you don't know it until you know it or you right. can't do it until you can do it. It's just one of those things. It's the sa- it, To me, it's the same thing as getting out of a bad relationship, uh, getting help for a mental illness, uh, uh, realizing you're an addict. It's like the same sort of thing. It's like you can't get there until you get there. And it's like who knows why it happens, who knows how. Maybe it's a bunch of things all, you know, uh, piling up on top of each other that eventually one day you're eating soup and you're like, oh my god, I need to go to a therapist. Or like, you know, something really earth-shattering happens and you're like, I need to change some things. So um, the main thing about it is like there is no shame in any of it. And people don't talk about it because of shame, but everyone feels some degree of whatever you experience. Like everyone had like, uh, you probably feel it to a greater degree, you know, um, if you have a chronic mental illness, like I have chronic anxiety, people have experienced anxiety, but everyone has their own thing that they're ashamed to express that they're going through. I mean, that's a huge thing with like, this is kind of a side tangent, but like, um, one of the first talks I did at GDC with one of my colleagues, Rosalind, uh, was about, she does a lot of work with boys, and uh, we did a talk about masculinity and toxic masculinity, and so much of masculinity is like, don't share your feelings, because that's not masculine, and, um, we so often in our fiction as well um, equate stoicism or or terseness or not expressing emotion or not indulging mm-hmm. to emotion as bravery or as strength, and it's actually the exact opposite. Otherwise, like asking a girl out that you really like would not be scary, or like yeah. telling your dad that he's an asshole, or like telling your dad like all the stuff that he did to you that really hurt you wouldn't be scary. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Expressing your emotions is actually like the strongest, bravest thing that you can do. It's so hard. It's so hard. Um, I want to applaud you, but I'm not on video. <laughs> but it's really hard, and and that's not to say that like you're weak if you don't. It's just it's fucking hard. Like right. it's super hard. And um, so uh, yeah, if you're going through any sort of thing, like just know that you know just because other people aren't talking about it doesn't mean that like if you if you shared it that they would be like what are you talking about? Like even my friend. That's like, I have no idea what your anxiety experience is like. It, it comes at it from a place of compassion. He, like, wants to hear me out, and he wants to help. Um, so, you know, hopefully you can also get lucky and, and meet people that, like, have a very similar experience to you, and you can have that sort of, like, oh, thank God. You know, even online, like, when I was a kid, um, I had obsessive thoughts, and I just didn't, I thought I was going insane, literally. And then I, I, at one point I remember Googling it, and I found a forum of people saying the exact same things that I was experiencing. And I literally was like, I think I like sunk back in my chair and I was just like, thank <laughs> God, I'm not going insane. Like it was it was so cathartic. Um I feel like I I'm really sorry, but No, it's okay. I I had a similar experience actually. So I am really phobic of certain things, like throwing mm-hmm. up is one of them. And I had no idea that that was a thing. And that is right. I, an identified thing. And when I looked like randomly in my early twenties in college, I was like, I'm gonna look this up because and I never told anybody and I never expressed mm-hmm. it because I didn't know it was a thing and I thought it was a silly thing to be afraid right. of. Because yeah. I'm like, well that happens to everybody. Like why the hell am I so freaked out about it? Right. And then I looked it up and um it was like I found home. 
I yeah. found home and I found relief and mm -hmm. I had the same exact you know kind of even like physical response of, of the sinking in the chair yeah. and just realizing wow this is this happens and yeah, it happens one to of, a lot of people. Yeah it's one of those things where like any thought that you have is, has probably been thought by like uh, you know at least a thousand other people <laughs> yeah. in like, the history of human existence like mm -hmm. literally you know not that we're all not, we're all not beautiful snowflakes, but like we're, there's you know there's universality <laughs> to human experience. There is yeah. the, the great thing about the internet. Like the internet may be shitty and full of trolls and dangerous dark spaces, but the real the real strength of it is that you can look shit up and be like, oh my god, it's not just me. Yeah, exactly. That is. <laughs> and also oh my god, cats. it's not just me. The internet story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. And yeah, that's the main. I mean, honestly. I mean, I have people, you know, I've done a few podcasts or, you know, uh, uh, a couple of art, like, you know, been interviewed a couple of times and have talked about my mental Ill illness stuff. And, um, uh, and I, you know, some people will tweet at me and say, like, I don't have anyone. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Shit. I don't know. I don't, what do you say? And it's so, you know, it, and I, I, I'm still trying to, to formulate a good answer to that because it's hard to express, to, and I also obviously don't know their situation, um, mm. it's hard to express, like, I know, you, I know you can find, I know there will be someone. Like, I just know it. I don't know how I know it, and I can't promise you, but I just want you to, like, to tell you that there is someone that will listen and will understand. And I think the Internet is such a great uh, forum for that because, you know, either through gaming or, you know, um, any other sort of niche interest, Say what you will about Reddit and all the the crazy stuff that comes out of Reddit. There also are pockets of Reddit where people have totally found a community, yeah. um, and so it, it's all. I mean, the the really scary and hard thing is that a lot of dealing with mental health issues is taking risks with um, with your emotional state and trusting and reaching out and hoping that someone will understand you. And if you're not ready to do that yet, it is so fine. I cannot I cannot tell you how fine it is that you're not ready to do that. You may not be ready for years, and it's totally okay. Listening to stuff like this or reading what other people are writing is a good way of also doing that. Um, uh, like I said, like David Foster Wallace's thing about depression and suicide, like, you know, reading that kind of stuff, just to know that you're not the only one experiencing it, I, I, I just can't express enough how... So if we're not, like, talking specifically about things that you're like, that's me, if you can, you can dig into the Internet and find stuff that is that, you know? Um... And you'll find people that are expressing the same, like, oh, God, am I a horrible person? Am I insane? Am I whatever? And they'll be expressing the exact same things that you're worrying about or feeling or thinking or whatever. Um, and it helps. It helps so much. No matter what you are going through, you are not alone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Damn it. We really went places. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. We did it, you guys. We went there. All right. So here's a question for you. Oh, that's shit. not really a question. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh, what's Sam going to do? No. We've talked about a lot of different things tonight. So is there anything that you want to talk about or tell us that you haven't had a chance to talk about or tell us yet? Um, well, uh, I'm working with Rocket Jump, like I mentioned, and we just wrapped production on uh, a show that's going to be on Hulu Plus. In I don't know if it's actually been decided definitively. But it's coming out soon. Uh, and as of right now, it's called Rocket Jump the Show. And um, 
I wrote for it and acted in a few of the shorts that are in it and uh, directed one of the shorts. Um, mm. And we're really proud of it, and I hope that people like it. But yeah, I guess just keep an eye out for that, because that's coming out. And Anthony and I actually both worked on the show. He was the head writer, um, and he's in a couple of the shorts as well. But uh, yeah, they're an awesome group of people, and we really enjoyed working on it. And um, yeah, so just keep an eye out for that. You can tell him we said hi, too. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. So, gosh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks. My it's pleasure. Thanks for having awesome me. Awesome conversation. Great. Great conversation. And you are, you know, pretty cool. And coming from a hater, Thank you. coming from the resident hater, that's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fucking awesome. Thank Never you. Never let anybody tell you anything different. <laughs> Thank you. And you can come back and join us anytime you want. Thank you so much. No, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we just have a... Like, Almost nothing left to do to uh, finish up for the uh, to finish up for the night. So if you want to stick around for a minute or two, you can. If not, we totally and completely understand because you have wine to get to. Because it's now. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta eat some food and drink some wine. Actually, that's on the docket. Priorities. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks so much for having me, you guys. Really, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for Thank joining you. us. Thank yeah. you. And we'll 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 try to keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, all. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. That was an awesome conversation. Um, Thanks, I'm E. Glad. Ashley. I know. <laughs> I'm really glad that we can make that happen. Mm -hmm. So we'll just run down a couple of other quick things and get ready to wrap up. Um, Charlotte, do we have any deals for broadcast gamers this week? Uh, well, actually, all I have is the non-deal that happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the Amazon Prime Better Than Black Friday. <laughs> oh, lordy. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> it was it was really bad. My, my experience, you know, of course I'm looking for Lego, right? So they had a, a, a Technic uh, set at 3, 3 p.m. our time yesterday. So I'm there. I'm like, I'm going to see how, how cheap it is. I knew it wasn't going to be good, but, you know, i got to try I got I to gotta check it out, right? And uh, so 3 o'clock comes. I'm ready to hit, you know, add to cart. Um, and I did, and it was within seconds. The wait list was full, but it was only a 20% discount. Mm. Which um, was not going to not going to be a set I was going to buy anyway because it wasn't one I, I was in love with so it didn't matter but yes they took quite a beating on uh, Twitter yesterday <laughs> yeah, yeah man it was rough Prime Day was a bust but speaking of deals for broke ass gamers or rather deals for broke ass people who want to get into game development the yes. current Humble Bundle yes. is a big fucking deal lots of tools for people who want to get into making games uh, go check that out for sure. Yes, I yeah. I meant to mention that to y'all the other day, but I figured you knew. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. you of know. course we know. <laughs> it's our jobs to know. Yay. 
<clears throat> yeah, definitely something to check out um, if you are at all interested in making your own games. Or if you just want to see what it's like to make games, it's always a lot of fun to play around with those kinds of tools. And not only do they have like the, the actual tools for making the games, but they also have a lot of DLC that gives you special skins and enemies and yeah. backgrounds and such. So there's a there's a whole lot of stuff there. It's for like really less than good twenty bundle. bucks. Yeah, yeah it's a really yeah. good bundle. I think the right now it's like for if you pay twelve bucks or more and you get like everything. So not one to miss. <clears throat> and one thing I want to throw in, the games that I was talking about earlier from um, Spy Fox who did Alpha Bear, they did Triple Town. Do you remember Triple Town? We had to match up three little bears and they made, you know, the, or match up like three little houses and they made castles and castles became blah, blah, blah. And you had to do it before the bears took over. Anyway. I was addicted to that one too. And the game that was out for the consoles was Road Not Taken, which was a lot like Triple Town, but had wizards and you had to go out and rescue children who had wandered out into the forest and were going to be eaten by a Gru or some such madness. Look, I don't know. I've stopped listening to you because you're just really talking. <laughs> I drank all that wine. But I'm going to say this. I've heard so many fucking people talking about Alpha Bear that I'm downloading that shit right now. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not you listening to you talking about console games, and I was like, look, I'm not trying to spend that kind of money, but I will go download Alpha Bear right now because everybody that I know has been posting about Alpha Bear all Alpha over Bear social form. media, and I'm like, shit, this, why am I not playing this? You need to be so playing doing, Alpha Bear. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Okay. All right. But I, no, I wasn't trying to be rude. I just had a lot of wine. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, thank you for joining us for the 106th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, where Alicia had a whole lot of wine and just like went <laughs> off on me for no apparent reason. I did not. I was just downloading Alpha Bear. Ah. <laughs> I love you. You're my favorite. Um, check out the show notes for uh, links to the projects um, a, that. Uh, Ashley Birch was talking about, as well as the the link to the Patreon uh, for uh, Hey Ash, What You're Playing, which is now in its fifth season. And if you haven't seen, for some strange reason, Hey Ash, What You're Playing, you got four seasons of comic gold to go back and look at, <laughs> because that shit is hilarious. Um, get in on that. Get in on that. Um, and, you know, while you're feeling philanthropic you could also go and go and check out the patreon for not your mama's gamer or the uh, Kickstarter for invisibility blues which as Alicia mentioned earlier is now um, about 53% funded um, and will help us to make um, a series of videos that talk about race and racial representation in video games something conversations that we really need to have um, not only talking amongst ourselves, but also talking to some other kind of really knowledgeable folks in the field about <clears throat> about racing games and and how that all plays out. So definitely a series that we want to get done and something that we don't want to miss out on. I think that covers everything. Yeah, no indie game of the week this week. No, no indie game of the week this week. Alas. Alas. We'll give you two next time. No, no, we won't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, until next time, uh, 
my next kid walks in. Uh, until next time, <laughs> um, let us go about saying that there are all kinds of ways that you can contact us. You can follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, um, at NYMGamer, NIMGamer, as it comes to be known. Um, check out our kind of daily posts on the blog at NIMGamer.com. Uh, and email us if you have questions or comments or things that you just want to say to get off your chest. We have a couple of questions, um, email questions that are in that we'll address in the next episode simply because we're running pretty long tonight. Uh, but you can find our, our blog at nimgamer.com and you can email us at nimgamer at gmail.com. I think that's about it. Oh, and Tumblr, if Tumblr's your thing, nimgamer.tumblr.com. So all until the places, all the things. All the places, all the things. So until our next episode, which is episode 107, where we have another great interview coming up. Um, actually, our, our uh, episode 107 uh, is with Dr. Kashana Gray from Eastern Kentucky University and the Critical Games Lab there. Um, and she's a brilliant woman, has lots of interesting things to say, promises to be a fun conversation. So until next time, stay cool, stay dry, and as always, my friends, game on. Game, game on. on.